0: welcome to the christian emergency podcast a podcast for christians spooked by the growing hostility in the culture today we will tackle a range of topics from current events persecution missions and what it means to be the church you will gain valuable insights from those experienced working with persecuted christians around the world insights we all need to chew on in these strange days together may we help the church stand Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Christian Emergency Podcast. I'm Andy Coleman, and I'm glad you're joining us for another episode. I think you're going to be blessed by this. We are joined by my friend, Mamdua, who is a worker in the Middle East, in North Africa. Uh, He has a wonderful perspective that we all need to hear from, and I think we're really going to be blessed. Welcome, Mamdua.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: My pleasure
1: to be with you, Habibi. What
0: what we're trying to do is we're trying to help the church stand. We're trying to help the church stand to the pressures that it confronts and also be nourished uh, by the good things that are flowing through the kingdom. And you have a front row seat to a lot of that. You get to see aspects that the church is struggling with. And you're also part of strengthening the church, growing the church, helping Christians uh, make sense and and just live out their lives of faith so we're, we're thrilled to have you with us um, and with you. that in mind with that kind of a construct what's hurting the church what's helping the church why don't you set the stage for us a little bit and just just tell us about yourself introduce yourself
1: <clears throat> yes uh, my name is Mandur I'm, uh, I'm from the Middle East and now are living in uh, Toronto Canada I have uh, one wife <laughs> and uh, three, uh, three kids. And uh, I do serve the Lord uh, in Middle East and North Africa since 1990. And um, I have a ministry called, uh, called Together Network. And we are focusing on reaching out um, Middle East and North Africa with the good news. Mm-hmm. And we are focusing on evangelism and discipleship as a journey or a movement and the leadership development and social media development to build engagement between the church and the community for the impact yeah. for Christ.
0: Well, I remember meeting you many years ago um, and just hearing your heart then about this work. So it's really exciting uh, to just see that it's, it's flourishing, it's bearing fruits, and yeah, that your, that your heart's cry to reach these people in this way is being fulfilled. Praise God.
1: Yeah, thank God. And you know, uh, Andy, you have a you have a great part in it. Honestly, no, uh, you have a great part in it. I remember when I took a very tough decision. It was in the same time you were in the same place, and you called me, and you empowered me in a way nobody empowered me before like that. You have a great part of what we are really reaping now and getting as a result of God's faithfulness.
0: Well, if I, if I got to play even a tiny part of that, it's an honor for me, but I'm really grateful for what you're doing and the, uh, the work that you're shouldering with your partners and with those that you serve alongside. So for me, it's an encouragement to see you guys doing what you're doing. And I think anybody listening is going to hear that and feel that too. Um, did you grow up?
1: And, yeah, and I, I grew, uh, yeah. yeah, I grew up in a Christian family. You know, in, 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 I'm Egyptian. Originally, and in Egypt, we uh, we lived together, you know, as a Christian and Muslim in the same building. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up as a Christian, uh, okay, uh, a fellow, and I uh, I became a Christian, a real, any uh, uh, Christ follower, in 1982, and at that time I was 17 years old. I will <laughs> tell you how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, and since that time, since that time I, uh, I grew in Christ, you know, there's up and down, yes. you know, this is the journey, but I'm really very thankful for God's grace and uh, he, he brought me to this yeah. moment now, serving yeah. him uh, full time.
0: Well, I think that's encouraging for all of us because a lot of people listening, <laughs> I, I think would describe themselves as ordinary Christians who are going through ups and downs. And they're going through ups and downs in a culture that's turning a little bit. It's getting a little darker. And yes. they're looking for others that have walked that path ahead of them. You're one of those believers that they can look to. Uh, so I think this is really timely. Um, as you were going through those ups and downs, as a, as a young believer, as somebody that was growing in their faith, growing in Christ, uh, what were some challenges that you confronted? Did you face any hardship? Did you have any pushback? Um, or were you encouraged as you grew?
1: No, I had, I had uh, hardships, I I had uh, my friends, they would push me back, absolutely. I was young at that time, you know, I was 17 years old, teenage, and usually you have uh, certain uh, people around you and they will not accept any kind of uh, a changing in your behaviors and your thoughts and your beliefs. And, uh, I yes I received a lot of uh, rejections and but I was insisting to continue and I asked them like to respect my beliefs and my new me <laughs> yeah. uh, accept it or leave it <laughs> and uh, and then uh, yes uh, but uh, thank God God had me to go through it and uh, and then I, I have more and you uh, okay group of people believers the same from the same church and same city, and you know that helped me a lot to grow yeah. in, in my faith. At the same time, also, I faced a lot of uh, uh, issues and troubles and hardship with, uh, with friends, not from my beliefs. Okay, they are not Christian in a way, and uh, wasn't easy for them because I started to talk. I started to talk about, okay, how God is good and how, how just Jesus is the only way okay, to, uh, to be with, you know, for eternal life. And they, they didn't like that because they didn't believe in the same beliefs. Right. Okay, yes, I faced some uh, issues like this.
0: Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a good way to win a popularity contest, is to start talking no. about that. And... <laughs> but no, I, I, love...
1: Focus on your... I,
0: I love what you point out, though, that uh, you went through some hardships with your friends, uh, but that you also had the fellowship of other believers who did share your faith and who were there with you to grow and encourage you. Um, And I think that's important for us to take away too, how important fellowship with others is. We, (laughs) We have that opportunity not to be alone, that we really can find others and spend time with them and be intentional. I think that does strengthen our walk and help us when we face pressures from others around us.
1: I think this is one of the most important, okay, step in our life, not just for, yeah, I mean, living in a spiritual, uh, uh, healthy spiritual life and succeeding in life. The people around you will play a big part. They will shape you if, if you notice or not notice, okay, they will, they will really, okay, uh, shape you. And, and I'm really very thankful for the people who were around me at the time of my, okay, growing in Christ at the beginning of my journey. And I would say, without having this kind of people faithful, they have the same beliefs, encouraging me. And you know what? It was good because that was all of us were at the beginning of our journey. Yeah. (laughs) We were struggling together. We were, uh, you know, celebrating together, learning together, growing together, you know? Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, It's very, 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 we cannot ignore it. Uh, No.
0: And, And in fact, that's true for all of us. All of us started down our path as essentially a baby Christian and we're surrounded by others who are walking through challenges with us. And none of us are arrived and at any kind of maturity um, quickly, it took time and it took people to speak into our lives. Um, And it's just another encouragement for what you might label an ordinary Christian is the fact that, yeah, don't, don't beat yourself up, give yourself some grace, be patient with yourself. Um, But just take small steps of faith. And yes, and share that with others around you um, and draw strength for them and encourage them when they're going through hardships. So, yes, that's good. So you're growing in your faith as a young man. And at some point you feel led, you feel called into more of a full time ministry. You know, all Christians are in ministry. We're all reaching out to those around us. But you feel called in a pretty powerful way. Can you describe what that looked like?
1: You know I, um, I do agree totally. I always say this uh, to be, uh, to be uh, uh, in a ministry uh, serving the Lord it's not about it's not full time. it's full heart. Mm. okay right. but when God calling you to even to be not just full heart but also the whole time. It, it's a special call and, uh, and that was very clear for me I, uh, uh, in, 19, in 1990, 1989, 1990, I lost my brother. He was oh. older than me, two years older than me. And 70 days after my dad, because of the sadness, he couldn't take it and he passed away. And he was young. My dad was 52 years old. And uh, growing up in the family, which is, um, a, it's a rich family, a strong family, very known and popular family in uh, my city. Um, my dad, a rich man with integrity and good reputation, but he died in 52. My brother, he was very healthy and at 26 years old, he passed away. And it was like, you know, for me, like, wow, wow, it is there is nothing you can guarantee in life. And the most important to understand and to believe and to know deeply inside your heart, you're going to leave the earth one day. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do in your life? What do you want to leave behind you? How would you want to, to your history be re- read or read or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and I start to th- pray, And um, I knew inside me is God, God calling me to, to give him not just my heart, but also my time. Yeah. And I decided uh, myself just to, to uh, start the journey. And I'm very thankful because one of my colleagues uh, who uh, we were growing together in our spiritual journey, he invited me to attend uh, one of the gatherings and uh, conferences mm-hmm. uh, for one of the largest Christian organizations okay, in Egypt. And then I went there and it, it was about the vision and the calling and then i i heard it like you know you talk to my ear now okay yes you i want you mm. and then that moment i decided that was june 1990 and uh, in september 1990 i joined a full-time ministry since that time i'm full-time okay, full heart
0: wow well that so you've been in this this walk this world for a while that was in yes. 1990 but I also just, years. <laughs> 30 years, I just want to pause though and back up and um, just point out uh, to people that are going through hard times right now look at what happened to you your brother passed away your father passed away and I ha- I can only imagine that was one of the darkest seasons of your life and yet God used that to plant this seed Really, to open up your mind to an eternal mindset, to think of the eternal and how do you want to spend your days. Um, I, it's just another example of how God turns what's so dark um, and can use it for light. Um, and I've seen that pattern over again. I'm sure you have too. Yes.
1: And uh, every, every crisis we have, uh, uh, Andy, the, there's an opportunity, hidden opportunity. <laughs> yes. Uh, we need to put our eyes on the opportunities, uh, not the crisis. Um, exactly. I, God taught me that since I was little, okay, still yeah. young. I was like, yeah, in the 20s, early 20s in that time.
0: That's yeah. true. And, I, and I've seen it too. I've seen it for several years myself. I've recognized it, I guess I should say, for, for many years. And yet I still sometimes need to remind myself of that. And big things and small things. I call them teaching moments. When things yes. around us go wrong, um, we have perhaps something to teach ourselves or to teach others around us, especially as parents, right? You have three yes. kids. Oh, yes. I have. Kids. And sometimes we're around them and bad things happen. And we're tempted to get mad or to get angry or even sad. But as soon as I flip that switch and I recognize it, I'm like, this is a teaching moment that we can redeem and I can share with, my kids, and and show them a spiritual truth, um, show them a story, tell them a story about my own life, how I handled something like this. There are so many teaching moments around us, and as things for, for Western Christians, there are more and more teaching moments happening. Things are, there's more and more distress in the culture, in the communities around us, and we can worry, and we can panic, or we can capture these and recognize that there is a spiritual opportunity, like you described, that that we can redeem. So now, can you tell us a little bit more about your ministry right now? Uh, You mentioned evangelism. You mentioned discipleship, leadership developments. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us?
1: Yes. uh, Actually, uh, uh, I I would love to say this. I feel like uh, God calling us to go to the other side of the lake. Okay, which is mm-hmm. there is uh, other side. Uh, not many people witnessing there. Not many people uh, lightening there. Not many people available there for the crowd to know more about Christ. And I believe we cannot do that by ourselves. We need others. We need the church to go out and um, lightning for to go to the, our, the other side of the lake. Okay? Yeah, with Christ in in their hearts. And we as together network. This is our ministry call name. We are uh, driven by uh, sharing the gospel, the good news to the people who has no opportunity, had no opportunity before to hear the gospel. At the same time, empowering the local church, okay, uh, which are existing in that countries or between this, uh, these kind of people uh, with, uh, with the stretches, with tools, with, um, with uh, sometimes with funds okay to help them to impact okay and mm-hmm. uh, reach out to uh, the people with the gospel that's why we focus on building the sabbathship movement not just uh, uh, steps and, uh, we want to see the as a journey in our life uh, we work between muslims okay all over muslim world okay and uh, when you're coming from a different background, when you're not Christian, when you didn't used to go to church, when do you, you know nothing about Christ, you know, unless very few from your background, your culture, your beliefs, okay? You, you need a lot of work in your mind, your belief, because if I want to change myself, I have to start with my beliefs, my beliefs, yeah. okay? And then this is what we do. We, we help them to know who Jesus is. You know, we want to see them growing, and in, uh, in Christ, uh, because this is what we do. We help the, the new believers, okay, from different backgrounds. Uh, we we help the church the the the, real Christians, okay, to grow in Christ, okay, to know their identity, to know, okay, the purpose, to know how important, okay, they are to Christ, okay, and uh, to know the blessing of the cross. And then we want to see them growing in the community. Yeah helping them to grow in their community, to act not as a heroes, but to act as a servants, as a Christ lovers, to love their community, to love their people, to love their families, okay? Because without love, you cannot reach people. Yeah. And we wanna, we wanna see them loving their people and staying there. They will suffer and they are suffering. Okay, the most of people we are working with, they are really suffering. They are going through persecution and very tough ones. Okay, very, very tough ones. Okay, but uh, at the same time, this is the call. Okay, we are helping them to understand the persecution mentality and and teaching in Bible. Number three, focus we focus on for we want to see them growing in Christ. We want to see them growing in community. And also, we want to see them growing in ministry. Okay, in ministry, understanding how can we reach out to people? How can we challenge their uh, their thoughts? How can we take them in a journey of disciples, disciple discipleship? How can we do such things in a biblical way and Christ heart and mindset? This is what we do, and we provide training for the local churches in order to do the same. We uh, because we believe in multiplication and transferable okay teaching or uh, or training yeah this is simply uh, what we do uh a day.
0: you say simply what you do but it sounds like a lot you guys are doing a lot of different things and frankly some some challenging areas so that's really neat one of the things that stands out to me is you're working with christians and christian converts Of all different types, different backgrounds, but also at very different points in their spiritual journey. I imagine you're working with a lot of people at the beginning of their spiritual walk. They're they're those baby Christians, um, which is exciting uh, to work with them and to see them grow. And I'll say this, you know, for our own ministry here, we're a baby podcast. We're a baby Christian ministry ourselves right now and you're taking the time to help us uh, grow and learn is is very valuable to us, you must be very patient. You're working with a lot of uh, baby Christians and baby organizations and baby churches, and uh, there can be many challenges with that. So perhaps that takes a, a toll at some point, but just be encouraged that we are so grateful for what you're doing. Let me ask you, though, with people that are early in their faith, you describe persecution and how it can be pretty rough. What does that look like for a new believer in the Middle East or even uh, a Christian convert?
1: Oh, wow, it's uh, it's not easy. I, let's define between the its Christian background because different challenges he's going to face than the other okay people, which is we call them not Christian background. Yeah. Okay, and we can put any any kind of religious. Uh, yeah. Under this word. It's a different journey, but I would talk about the others, okay? Uh, Because I think the challenges uh, for Christian background, I think it is uh, more like internal challenges, okay? And sometimes, if he is Orthodox, his family Orthodox or Catholic, and he wants to really, that's he 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 faced some some uh, okay persecution. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. But the, you know, honestly, when I think about the people who became uh, Christian from different backgrounds, it's a different story. And you know what, it's, I cannot explain in such words, okay, the, the, the deeps of persecution. But let me say this, number one persecution he receives is from his family, from his family. Because in Arab culture, okay, in Arab culture, which is we work in Arab culture, it's a big shame. This is the biggest shame ever, ever, okay, for the family, okay, when you are not anymore belonging their beliefs or religious. Number and, and this is huge, huge pressure. And you know, and I know, I, I know people, they lost their life. And the killers, the killers was his father, okay, and his brothers. And even his mom was knowing what's going, what's what are going to happen to her or to him. We we lost a lot of people. Okay, they have been killed because of their faith. Yeah, because of the shame issue. Okay, Uh, and number number two. Okay, uh, isolation from okay community. Okay, community. Uh, You feel like um, uh, isolated, uh, rejected refused, uh, threatened, uh, not accepted, okay? You feel very, very, very lonely, very lonely. Yeah. Not just from community, but also we have a problem, okay, in Middle East, uh, and which is with the churches themselves, mm-hmm. okay? Rejected from the church, okay? Because the church, okay, are fearing community, are fearing government, okay? and yes. um, they, 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 they go under that fear and then fear, control you you cannot do this the right things um, right and when you um, mean when you yes. mean the
0: churches are fearing the government you're s- suggesting that they're gonna have problems with the government if oh, they're yes known to yes
1: yeah Oh oh yes oh yes because because you know Middle East it is it is the Christian Christianity Middle East is it's it is nothing you know the largest country as Christian is Egypt which is fifteen to twenty percent of the yeah. population the others is really very little yes we have in Lebanon forty percent but the number of people really the population really very very. Small, we have Palestine, not
0: anymore,
1: yeah. 2%, almost, you know, it is it is the Egypt, the largest country with a big population of Christians, but the rest are. Right. And, you know, and in that country, okay, uh, government controlling the culture even. Yep. And <laughs> the church is encouraged,
0: uh, the church is encouraged yes. to stay within its walls, you know, do yes. your own thing, but don't be making an impact outside yes. here in the street. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I didn't and, mean and to cut here, you off. But yeah, you were yes. talking about isolation no, no. and isolation,
1: okay. And uh, from for all sides, okay. Yeah. And 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 also, okay. One of the, they, lose job, okay? Mm-hmm. they lose their job, okay. They lose their uh, job, okay. They lose their their families, they lose um, freedom to speak up. They hide themselves, okay. Yeah. They honestly, honestly, it is very dark. Okay, spot, okay, unless, ah, unless, ah, okay, they surround themselves with the right people. Yes. To help them to grow and understand this is part of the process to be, okay, a real Christian. Yes. This is part of the process to, to see God using you in people's life. Yes. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, you have no opportunity to work with the government. You have no opportunity to, uh, to have your own business unless you work in a hide, okay, okay, a, a, a attitude. Okay, uh, you, you cannot marry the one you love, okay, because it's not allowable, okay? No. And, 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 and above all of that, according the Sharia law, yeah. Muslim law, okay, that all of people have been denied their faith. And Became a Christian, okay. They have been to they required to be killed, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, 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 and there's no highest threats like that threat,
0: yeah. Well, that's why, um, you know, sometimes I think the term baby Christian sounds kind of uh weak and, and pathetic, but what you're describing is these are people that are coming to faith. Um, and they've counted the cost, and they are paying a very steep price. And that's why in this early phase, that dark season that you're describing, I'm so glad that there's people like you and others that are reaching out and intentionally trying to surround them with others who can help them to not feel isolated, to have help when they're going through persecution. And I like what you said, that this is part of it. You're You're sharing with them that this is part of our journey, this is part of our walk, this is a part of what believers can expect. Let me ask you this, how how and when do you teach that? Because in my opinion, as as I'm seeing things uh, coming against the church around the world, I feel like Christians need to hear that and learn that very early um, in their spiritual journey so that they're not surprised and frustrated, uh, that they're not blindsided by pressure and ugliness that they know it's coming it's part of the process but do you teach it early do you try to, to reach out with that message early in somebody's walk or how do you go about teaching that
1: now uh, we go early because they are st- unfortunately they they face the pressure early too.
0: yes it comes fast and this
1: is and this is one of the most dangerous if you're not ready for the crisis it will hit you badly yes Okay, and we want. Yeah, it's not nice to use to start with. No, <laughs> it's a, but but it is very essential. Okay, mm-hmm. teaching. Okay, if you want to really see them growing rightly, okay, that's why we 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 talk about it at the early stages of the subship process, yes. and also. We 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 remind, uh, because we, one of our uh, ways or, or methods or uh, uh, method you, we use for equipping the church and the leaders uh, in the region is having three nights conferences, okay? And we always, always remind and empower, okay, the church leaders and the people who are working on the ground, with just how important to expect persecution and yes. how important to study it very well and how important to teach it for the new disciples you have in your life or people God bringing in your life, to your life, to help them to grow as a Christian. Yep. And yeah, it, it is very essential because if we're not ready, it, you lose an opportunities.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, and, and if you can't speak to it, uh, that's fine. But uh, in what ways, in your work, in your ministry in the Middle East or North Africa, um, have you faced pushback? How have you encountered persecution yourself?
1: Here it is. If, if I talk about myself as a person, Andy, um, yes, I am one of the people who uh, who really okay. I'm in Canada because of persecution. Actually, yeah, it started with being blacklisted in some country in one country and, and that country very essential for us as a family to, uh, to exist and to move and to start to live as a family. And then we decide, you know, um, and I was blacklisted because of my ministry. It's uh, yeah, I went through investigation with the secret police in that country many, many times, okay. And they were giving my family a very tough time, okay. But and then uh, yes, I faced it and but I trusted God and yes, maybe I changed my place. I choose to change my place uh, for to 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 change my impact on the region. Okay, and now the impact is much bigger. Okay, um, and I look at this as a positive uh, step in my life. But in at the ministry every day. Here it is, Andy, and I'm literally saying that every day we are having a new cases yeah. of people are suffering under persecution, and sometimes, and most of the time, it's bigger than our abilities and bigger than our okay, but it's not bigger for God's ability, and uh, you know, yeah. and you know, and I, and I have a lot of stories for that, Andy. Honestly, I have a lot of stories every day. We have a story. Okay, about people, they lost everything and they are going through a very tough time and persecution. Okay, and, and unfortunately, okay, unfortunately, there is a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, they have what I call it like, you know, a silent, silent uh, screaming. Yeah. Nobody, nobody hearing them, nobody caring of them, nobody there to listen to them, nobody there to give them a hand. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is the reality. Yes, we are facing, as a ministry, uh, we, yes, we, we have a guy, we have a guy. He is a full-time staff with us, and he is working in, a, in, in, in one of our in the countries, which is tough to, be, to serve the Lord with between uh, non-Christian background people. And uh, he, he has to uh, shut off his mobile. He has to not leave his house for more than six weeks, okay? Because of the some of his uh, his disciples have been arrested, okay, and okay, through the investigation and tough investigation they they got his name and his info and contact, and he has to to hide for six weeks, okay, because of the pressure of persecution, yeah. not just from the government from other okay people they, yeah. it is it is we are facing that
0: I'll say this um you're describing this silent screaming, these people that are suffering and they really have nowhere to turn. Um, One of the things that I'm noticing is in more and more countries, I I believe that Christians are waking up to the reality that the culture around them uh, is not friendly to their faith. It's increasingly hostile to their faith. And whereas they were not thinking about people, uh, fellow believers in other countries uh, such as in the Middle East or in North Africa, I think that reality is opening up to them. Uh, so, you know, we were talking earlier about teaching moments. Um, There's so many opportunities here uh, for, the, for the body of Christ around the world to step in and, and try to find out ways that they can't be uh, helping them, but, but praying for these people. What, a, what an encouragement if we can remind them that they might be feeling like they're screaming silently, uh, but they are not alone. You know, I, I think the enemy loves to whisper in their ears that they're alone, that they're cut off, they're forgotten, nobody's praying about them, and we have an opportunity to to not allow that to ever be true. We may not know their names tonight, but we know they're out there. We can be lifting them up. We can be praying for them, and I'm, I'm grateful that there's workers like you who can speak to them and, and reach out and somehow touch their lives. And remind them of that truth. They're not forgotten. They're not cut off. They're part of this body and they're going through this, this terrible season. But God is with them and the church is behind them. So yes. Yes. but it's it's very challenging. How do we how do we be a blessing? How do we help them through that? That's very, very tough. Well, what about this? When I'm looking at the church and trying to help the church, and and I think you probably have a, a really good insight into this, because you talked about how when you're raising up believers, you raise them up also for ministry uh, to be a blessing in their communities. That's one of the things that's near and dear to my heart as well. When I encounter Christians, maybe it's a Christian in America or, you know, in Canada or, or Europe, and they're starting to face a little bit of pressure, and they, they're tempted to kind of feel depressed and sad and woe is me, this is awful, I'm having this pressure. But the moment that I open them up to the reality that there's others around them that are suffering or there's opportunities around them to serve, it somehow takes the focus off yourself and it puts your focus on others. And that fear and that sadness seems to go away. I think that's one of the strengths of of missions, of outreach, of evangelism, have you seen that in your training with young believers in the Middle East? Yes, yes.
1: absolutely, absolutely. And What you said, Andy, is very true. When you start to uh, not focusing on yourself and your fears and your uh, okay, uh, circumstances, you start you to start think differently. You, you start to understand, okay, the meanings, okay? Because here it is, that tragedy for me, that tragedy for me, it's about suffering minus meanings. Okay, mm. this is the real tragedy, when you suffer, okay, without meaning, okay, and I think that, 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 that's why, okay, we are serving the Lord with joy, with uh, with a great hope, because, yes, it deserves, yes, yes, yeah, we are going to suffer, but yet yeah, there isn't a meaning in suffering. Yes. Okay, and when you take my eyes, okay, uh, not uh, looking inside myself, but looking around myself, around uh, out of myself okay, around me, I start to think differently, and then my focusing would be absolutely reaching out, helping others, not just uh, helping myself to <laughs> to sustain to be sustained you know and uh, and uh, yes, we do that and and I think we experience that in our ministry andy very powerfully, and that 's why we in our training events when we do training events, we help each one to build his own strategy for reaching out others. How are you going to defeat your fear, yes. okay, of just you know being witnessing and uh, living with a purpose, yes. living with a purpose. And this is one of the most, <laughs> you talk about North America, you know, since I live in North America, this is one of the struggles. So The struggle is one of the struggles we have now, not, not just the persecution level, okay? but honestly okay losing the side of the purpose Mm. okay the purpose when you lose the side of the purpose you lose a lot you lose your courage you lose like your call you lose your momentum you really you lose everything and you start to act as like you know you want to you want to be you better you want to be exist okay Mm. You, you know this is unfortunately what's happening
0: Yeah, it is. But man, I love what you said, Mondo, about meaning when you're encountering suffering. That is so true, and I think we need to remind ourselves of that. God works in ways that we'll never fully understand. He's he is full of surprises. I'll put it that way. My own work overseas and at home, he is full of surprises, and I've it's an amazing adventure to be on when you're used by the Lord. But I love what you said about meaning because. I like to remind people that when they're going through persecution, when they're going through pressure, they are actually, they don't know it, but they are being armed to be a blessing to others. There was a period where I, I, got, I got sick at one point, point. I was, and I was feeling awful, and I was really sick, and it was a scary time for me because people didn't know what was going on. And yet the one person who could minister to me, the one person that really helped me through that, was somebody that went through an awful medical issue before and they suffered terribly and they didn't have answers for a season. And yet they were able, they knew where I was coming from. They had been there. Um, it was like I was in a pit and this person was able to jump down into the pit and walk with me out of the pit. Persecution does that too. If we go through persecution, if we pay a price for our faith, There are others that are going through that and they're young and they're confused and they don't know what's going on. You now have an opportunity to minister to them in a way that others couldn't. Um, What, what an encouragement that it has meaning to it. I'm I'm glad that you, you draw that out. That was really helpful. What would you say with your background and your work focused in the Middle East and North Africa, what would you say to Western Christians um, about the increasing pressure around them? How should they, prepared today. So they're not frustrated when it hits in greater force, um, but also that they're faithful and they do not lose that purpose.
1: I would say this, uh, Andy, Uh, teaching persecution, okay, that will not help, okay, because persecution is persecution when you are in the field and you're doing something okay, and then you have been faced with something. Number one, I would say this, let's go out, okay? Let's go out and share the good news and be ready to be persecuted, yes. okay? Um, and persecution means there's some people against what you're saying and against what you're doing, okay, because simply they don't believe, they don't believe and be ready for for that. And, I, and, and something else I think uh, I believe this, Andy, okay, and this is, unfortunately, bad things not always happening, okay, because of the bad people or the act of the bad people, but at the majority of times happening because of the silent of the good people,
0: mm. okay? Yes.
1: Honestly, and what's happening in North America when it comes to persecution and and all what's what's happening now, okay? Uh, trying to, to silence the church, trying to stop, okay, act of evangelists, try to change Christmas to holiday, try to change, okay, uh, Islamophobia, try to, all of that kind of words and terms, okay, not because of the silence of the church. Yeah, yeah. I, and and here it is. <laughs> Prayer is not enough okay, prayer is not enough, okay, unless the prayer fill your heart with courage, with grace, with love, okay, with meaning, okay, and take you out to share with people, to speak your heart, to speak the truth, I doubt.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's it's going out and uh, taking action. It's prayerful action. Um, but it forces you to flex your spiritual muscles and to get out there and, and go forward. If you're standing, standing around or you're retreating, um, that's a recipe for, for disaster, uh, for, your, for faith. So, but yeah, there is, there's a lot of silence. It's a little bit strange and perplexing at times. But I am grateful for the voices I do hear speaking up. And from my vantage point, I see a few more voices picking up. I see more people that are, are recognizing that they're probably going to pay a price for speaking up, but they're just doing it. They're recognizing the threats that are coming against the church, uh, the threats that are coming against the church to stop being able to do what it's doing, to reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ, More people trying to treat that as, as unprotected speech. They're, they, they're not buying it and they're moving forward and they're, they're just being faithful. And, and they're speaking their hearts and they're speaking their minds. But we do need more uh,
1: of that. Yes, I do believe, Andy, honestly. Unless you're willing, okay, to pay the, the price, unless you're willing uh, to live and, and to die for something, okay, meaningful, you will not be able to do that. Yeah. And my prayer for the church in North America, for individuals, to speak up, to speak up, let our voice be louder, honestly, now, now, especially now, our voice should be an action, should be louder, more than our silence, and more than that frames we are praying, okay, more than that, okay, more than than that, we should love all, Respect all, but love always will take you in action. Love always will help you to take the first action. Love will help you to be proactive, not reacting. Love will, will help you to to wash people's feet and to do something good in their life. Love will help you to serve people with the truth. Okay, love will not... Put yourself, focusing on yourself, but focusing on others. Love it means for me you're willing to die for the one who died for you. Unless you have that kind of mentality, we're not we're not going to do any change. Is a change happening?
0: Without that mentality, the church will not stand. Um, yes, I think it's that simple. Uh, my next question was going to be: What words of encouragement do you have for believers over here? And at- but I think you just answered it. So I was yes. i was deeply encouraged by what you just shared. Man, there's been so there's so many gold nuggets that you have provided us today. I've treasured getting to know you and see your work. Let,
1: Thank you very much, Andy. Thank
0: you, Habibi. I do think that you've touched uh, some hearts with this, with this message and encouraged many. And I think there might be some more voices speaking up and, and taking a stand and praying for those that are going through a silent season of suffering. This is gonna, this is gonna bless the church. It's gonna strengthen the church, and I can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes uh, to share it. Thank you. It was
1: my pleasure, and it was my pleasure. Again, you are doing a great and great job, a needed job, very needed, very needed at the time, which is there is no many people speaking up. Okay. Well, uh, i love what you're doing i am supporting what you're doing and i'm really blessed to be with you today andy well,
0: thank I'm you blessed, brother i'm blessed to be in the trenches with you in this spiritual fight so keep doing andy, what you're andy. doing and andy. god bless you thank you sir god
1: bless you Andy.
0: thank you for joining us today for the christian emergency podcast If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about us and ask them to subscribe as well. To learn more about the Christian Emergency Alliance or financially invest in our ministry, visit us at www.christianemergency.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you again for listening and stand strong out there.